You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mithul Shah. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Hilary Headley about scaling sales ops to manage high demand. Hilary currently is with Zoom Video Communication and heads up global sales operations and sales enablement team. She has helped with two IPOs and loved the chaos and excitement at Altrix and then Zoom. Hillary is most passionate about creating processes to help companies build, scale, and grow. Drive for her is helping others managing teams and trying to be a great female leader. Hillary, I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mital. It is fantastic to be here. So while while we were talking and having this conversation, Hillary, this question kind of comes up, you know, many times, and many people are still confused about what's the difference between sales enablement and sales operations. Can you can you clear the air for us? Sure, I'm happy to share how I I describe it. I think at the end they can be very similar, and my goal in managing operations and enablement is to build competent and confident reps who can support customers. I think the differences come in when you're looking at, is that more of hardcore kind of process systems and data or more around playbooks and positioning and messaging? And I think those are where they can start to diverge. But at its core, I don't split them up too much because it's supporting reps to support customers. And then it's just a matter of, is it things behind the scenes again with territory quota, comp pipeline forecasting, which is operations, are more of those process playbooks, positioning, messaging, and certifications around new product rollouts coming out. So that's how I tie them very closely together, but also see some of those separations. Mm, very interesting. And in the in the conversation, you know, you 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 were mentioning before this podcast when we were talking about, you know, your thoughts on having small and agile sales team and why. That is potentially, you know, that whole pod strategy is potentially the right way of doing it. Um, that's that's probably the very few times I've heard that, you know, uh, that strategy. Can you can you kind of double click on that and maybe give your thoughts on having smaller agile sales teams? Yeah, I think in operations and enablement, it's it's historically been hard to get headcount. So building out those really lean and stellar teams is something that I've just been doing over the years. I think that's, again, just been by design by the companies that I've been at. But what I found is if you can find people who are really good at managing their time, prioritizing, documenting, communicating, and being adaptable to the situation around them, you don't have to have 15 people doing what maybe you could have five kind of stellar athletes doing on the team. I think the other piece that's important, though, is that you have to have a company that's willing to sacrifice perfection for progress. What I mean by that is at Zoom, especially, uh, we move really fast and getting something perfect. It's not that folks don't want it to be that way, but we can do, we think, and get out to market and get out to our customers um, better if we're moving fast. And so having folks that also have that 
in their mindset. And usually if they're kind of wired that way, they'll be able to, they'll be able to take that and execute, I think, on a lot of the things that the business really needs to have. Um, one of the ways that we get around that and kind of help do that is we document all the different projects that we're working on and share that out um, to the to our different stakeholders, to our sales managers or to our sales executives and say, this is what this is what we're doing for the quarter. And then we do it every week. So if there's changes to that and they need us to be agile and change, we can have that conversation to go. You said it was these 10. Now it's going to be these three. No sweat. What do we change? Where do we go? And it allows us, I think, to get those wins as a group and not feel like we're maybe too small of a team to get done what everybody wants to get done. Does that make sense, Mattel? Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a that's a very interesting, uh, you know, like a statement and observation. Just kind of you know reflecting back on the other side, you know, as a business owner, when I think about these things as to how and and what kind of makes sense, having that uh, you know documentation culture and communication via documentation, I think that's a that's a great strategy, especially in this whole COVID era, and we all were sent home without a plan. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I think I've said almost those exact same words of it's not like everybody chose to be working from home and you had that contract and what that looked like. And we and we taught people how to navigate and kind of get the persuasion and influence that you need to have when you're away from the quote unquote water cooler. And so I'm finding this like push towards formalized communication is really happening because that's things are just moving fast everywhere. I mean, so many companies are having challenges to keep up with customer demands and different changes and just how different things are. And to not have that documentation and communication that's clear and crisp and consistent, I think could really kind of set a couple of folks, you know, backwards. And so that's what we're trying to do. And I maybe hyper orient my team towards that, but I think it does help us at the end of the day to go back to that documentation when you've been in your 10th or 13th or 15th meeting to go, what did we decide? And it just moves, I think it moves the ball forward faster. And again, that's that's a lot of what we're trying to do. So is, is that how you, because as sales enablement, right? I mean, your team kind of connects with multiple teams and there are many teams that they're interacting with, you know, they're in the middle of, uh, you know, this whole uh, integration or they are orchestrating a lot of the plays. Is that how you keep everybody or all the teams, you know, on the same page? Yeah, I'd love to say that we've 100% cracked the code on getting every department aligned and anchored, but documentation, I I have a cheesy saying that you get clarity and alignment through documentation. Otherwise, it's for especially folks who aren't necessarily an audio learner, and I am not one of those folks, it can be really tough to keep track throughout the day and through the week and through the month what's changing. And so we do try to focus on that. And it can be, it can be little and one of the things that I learned from Zoom is Eric Yuan, who's our CEO, uses, a, a, I think, a pretty common framework, but it's what's the problem are you trying to solve? What is the root cause? And you get one root cause, not five. And then what's the solution? And so we've come up with a, you know, a slide template that goes through that. So for the different things we're trying to achieve or overcome, we try to anchor then around the same even documented format to drive that consistency of people going, oh, that's what you're trying to do. Okay, there's the root cause. All right, I understand that solution and we can move forward on those pieces. And it gives, it kind of trains your brain to read things that way. And then to also hopefully move forward in the same ways of, oh, when that problem pops up, this is who we need to do it. So I think that's one of the ways that we do try to get that that alignment across the teams is just very 
simple but hard. What's the problem? What's the root cause? And what is the solution? And what that allows you to do is really get to the heart of the matter. Because a lot of problems do have multiple root causes or you can just kind of problem snowball and then you don't make progress. And again, at the end of the day, that's a lot of how our team is measured in ops and enablement is just, are we moving the ball forward with reps for customers and then also internally on those items? Very interesting. So you guys take one problem at a time, find the root cause and find a solution for that and document it. Yes. And it is hard to do. And I will say the first year I'm like, but there's three root causes. And I was challenged (laughs) on that in a really positive way, but no, you get one. And so it might be actually that you have multiple problems to solve. And so I think that's been, again, an interesting way for me to think through something differently, because at, at its core, that's what operations and enablement is doing is we're solving problems. We're solving mm-hmm. it throughout, you know, by rolling out new processes, rolling out new playbooks, getting different systems in place, looking at data differently, but it really all comes around process and problem solving. So it's been a really great way to unite the teams to look at things that way. Very interesting. And this problem, root cause, you know, and solution goes into some type of handbook that everybody kind of refers to so that you don't have to kind of keep redoing it? I don't think there's a handbook. I think what we've tried, that'd be great if there was. We So for example, this week we onboarded 175 new people just in the revenue org at Zoom. And we talk about it at the beginning of onboarding. And then, for example, on my team, I'll bring it up in my new kind of manager chats that I have or new employee chats of this is the way that we frame problems and how we try to solve them. And we've we've put together a couple of different ways that you can, again, share it in a slide and display it. We have a, um, a great option at Zoom in our chat where you can screenshot things and, and send them around. And again, it just kind of allows us to anchor around the same thing and hopefully get other folks to move forward. It does a little bit of branding internally for our team as well. Um, the folks go, oh, they're the problem solvers who use the, the root cause and the solution <laughs> to move forward. It must be something we need to do because they've taken the time to document it. And I think that's the other big piece that is that I'm just a big believer in is if you take the time to document it, people will usually take the time to listen and help support you a little more. Very interesting. So, Hillary, in, in your case, you know, COVID uh, accelerated, you know, the business and the growth, right, of the company and company went from, you know, point A to, you know, point B in a, in a, in a rapid succession in a very short amount of time. So how did you set up your sales team for success in the situation of the high demand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look at what's happening with COVID through the Zoom lens. There's been almost three phases. There was just the unprecedented demand in March where most of the United States at least was sent home. We were seeing Some of this occur internationally in the months leading up to it, but not like the weekend around March 15th, where so many folks were just sent home and called up for their church or their nonprofit or their business and wanted Zoom to help. Then we had uh, um, some of the scrutiny on privacy and security starting April 1st. And then that kind of last phase is where we've we've come up for air a little bit in, in our new reality and gone, wow, we have a lot more new customers And that means we have a lot more new problems to go and solve. So when we were in kind of the the wave of um, the unprecedented demand and then some of the the privacy and security changes that we were making, 
we were meeting every day at 8 a.m. as a leadership team. I met with my group every day at 8.30, and then they would go in and meet with their team at 9 a.m. And we documented the either the one to four things that we were going to try to solve and get done that day. And it sounds a little bit like triage, and in a way it was, and I don't like to use that word because I, I know what's happening with COVID um, outside of, you know, outside of, outside of Zoom. But that's, that's what it felt like is we really had to figure out what we were going to solve first. And so we set it up to just be very strict in how we did that from, again, a, a cascading of information from the top to the front lines who were going to be kind of solving these, these difficult problems that we had to solve in order to, to keep or help keep, if you will, the world connected during that time frame. So that was just one very tactical way that we did it. And I don't know that that, that can be emulated again, but um, it was it was an interesting way to do it. I think what also popped up during that time is, you know, we support more than a thousand, more than a thousand reps. And some of the teams that they were working with are, are, are less than five people. And so those folks were getting inundated with questions. And what we realized is we hadn't set up just a, a process for how a rep could check for information and somebody asked it. If they needed to ask a question, how would they ask it? If they had a request, what would they do? And then if they needed to escalate, what would happen? So we call that the care process, which is our key value at Zoom, but it's how do I check, ask, request, and escalate? And we realized that that wasn't documented in a place. We just kind of knew that the reps were getting the information when they needed to get it. And, and we trusted that until it got really big, really fast. And so even things like, oh my gosh, we have both a ServiceNow and a Happy Desk to, or excuse me, ServiceNow and a Zendesk to ask questions. And is that the right process? Some of these groups didn't have an escalation path. So they would escalate to the one person who maybe had 50 escalations already. So it was a really fascinating time to figure out how we could just get super back to basics and support our sellers, but really support our customers who had these questions about maybe an order or a bill or something related to, you know, data or privacy or something like that. Very interesting. So just an extension to that, that particular thought you, yeah. you were, you were mentioning, you know, in, in our, uh, in our conversation that you have a, a process, you know, to triage and, you know, every meeting, how to make sure that every meeting you know, is is fruitful and there is something action oriented, and you have come up with some triple uh, A formula, you know, around that. I think I I think that was brilliant. Can you can you uh, you know help us understand that? Double click on that. I can. So I love if anyone in my in my past work history will tell you I love alliteration and I love acronyms, and I think that's the want to be a teacher <laughs> side to me. Um, but what I was finding is that. And this, this also, I think, runs when I'm, you know, highly, highly focused. And, you know, I, I do like to have outcomes and results, and I probably need a softer side. But I found that it's really important that when you're going to 10, 15 meetings a day, that it's, it's helpful to have an agenda. And it doesn't need to be a, you know, three, five, seven bullet point agenda. But even just to go back to what we talked about, Mittal, is there, is there a, the problem we're trying to solve in this meeting is this? please come prepared to brainstorm on solutions, or this is something where we need your approval. Here's the three things we're looking to approve and, and click here for additional information. I think something like that agenda can go a long way. 
Then the attendees should know why they're there. So that's the second A, have the agenda. Then attendees should know why they're there. Again, they're there to brainstorm, provide input, or approve something. And then the last is just, I believe meetings are all an opportunity to move forward. And usually you move forward with action items, the third A, and then owners for what's document or and then owners that are documented. So in a Zoom meeting, we use a Zoom chat and I, I write out the action items. I was doing this in my my boss's staff meeting yesterday, and I then flip them into our standard Zoom chat, which is like Slack. And then there's a kind of a built-in accountability of it was a, you know, if, if it was a 20-minute to a two-hour meeting, there's now at least a recollection of what needs to be done and what some of those key decisions were. So I I think what's changed in that, and we were, I was trying to run those meetings a little more when we were in the office, and maybe there was less of a, you know, less of a need to have some of those more human connections because now it can sometimes seem cold. But I do still believe that you it's helpful to have an agenda of why am I showing up to this meeting? Um, what is my role or my team's role if there are 10 of, you know, 10 people from the team? And then what are we trying to move the ball forward on? And I think that that can drive the right, especially if you're in an operations and enablement role and you run an agile lean team like we talked about, um, you know, it's important to keep moving forward. And that's one way that's been a nice a nice opportunity to say, have you heard about a AAA meeting? And this is what we're trying to run here. You know, this is such a, uh, you know, such a great insight, you know, same way now. And all of a sudden the meetings have doubled or tripled. Mm-hmm. My my day starts at seven o'clock and I, I have meeting till sometime 11 p.m. I've started doing this. I've started implementing your AAA. You know, I start taking some of these action items in the chat and say, okay, this is what we talked about. These are the action items. Next time when we meet, let's make sure these things are done. So, no, that was a, that was a great uh, you know recommendation. So, you know, I, I have stole that from you. That's fine. I hope it helps. I mean, I, I, I will say I feel bad asking when someone, you know, sets a meeting and there's no agenda. And I'll say, I, can you, t- can you help me understand what, what I can bring, bring and be prepared for, for this meeting? And so sometimes the answer is, oh, I, I, I don't have that yet, or I'm not sure. And it's like, well, when you figure that out, no sweat, let me know. And I'm happy to attend. And so I think even, you know, it's just so easy to meet. And like you said, especially now, it's so easy to just send a Zoom meeting or to do that. And, it's sometimes it's, I think it's okay to say, I just wanted to, to chat for 15 minutes and catch up. We missed our water cooler chats or our lunch chats, and it'd just be great to kind of see you and see where things are at. So I think there's kind of two sides to that. That's a little softer that I'm trying to get done as well. <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic. So, you know, uh, Hillary, what's, what's your advice, right? I mean, if somebody is, is new in the sales ops or have been doing this for a while, and is trying to either improve or, or make it better or trying to further the goal in the sales ops you know, area, what's, what's your advice for other sales professionals? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's really easy in sales ops to hyper-define it as I need to be really good and to what's happening in our, in our CRM and to territory, quota, comp, pipeline, forecasting, analytics, and you can go down kind of the latter list of how operations has been described. I think the piece that I just I, I keep going back to of um, if I were to have more time or if I made myself more time, it's really talking to reps and understanding what's happening with sales reps. And what I mean by that is I actually started out in customer success. And so I was one step from the customer and I learned so much and it helped me make decisions or help drive decisions internally on what needed to change in our process, in our systems 
um, and with just how we were working with customers. And so I think that's something to remember no matter what role you're in. And reps are, besides like customer success and other groups, they are your touch point to customers. And if reps need something better, faster, you know, or just more or less of something, that's a lot of how you can define your job and how you know you're doing a good job. And so I think now I focus a little more on sales managers and what they need, because that's how I'm able to get to the scale with just the, you know, the, the amount of reps we have. But just being that one step away from customers and, and really leaning in with your reps on what's happening is, I think, the best way to define how you are doing as a, as a sales ops person and what you need to be doing next. There's tons of great things you can read and listen to, like this podcast, to understand some of the other pieces. But if you don't know what's challenging for your reps right now, um, it's, it's tough to say that you're doing a good job, I think, in sales ops or enablement. That's a that's a that's a great advice. Know your customer, right? If your customer is internal or external, know what their pain point and what they're going through. If you can make their life easy and better, you know, in general, that'll make you successful. Exactly, and that's why when you asked, like, how do you differentiate ops and enablement? I mean, back in the day when I started, it wasn't different. It was just called operations. Enablement wasn't even a term, and it was just you're supporting reps, you're helping reps, and I think that that at the end of the day is is what it's about and. What I get excited about is that if we're, if I'm helping reps do a better job, again, through better process or systems so they do something faster or through better education or a certification that shows that they really know it and on the spot in an intense situation, they can answer it. That means it's better for customers. And I've always tried to find companies that really, truly value the customer. And Zoom is one of those. And so I think that that allows me to get up every day and do what I like to do and hopefully and hopefully help connect other folks that want to do that too. Well, I mean, I think that that speaks to the success, you know, you guys are having and, and, you know, leaders such as yourself with the kind of, you know, tenacity and, you know, focus and, and even humility that you have. That's, that's the reason why Zoom is what it is right now. Well, and that's a testament that starts at the top. I mean, if there's, if there's one metric, in my opinion, if there's one metric that I think matters at Zoom, it is customer happiness and everything else is is after that. And so when you when you have a CEO like that, and I've had other CEOs like that with Linda Weinman at lynda.com and and other folks, it does allow you, I think, to to make decisions that are not just about, you know, bottom line, hardcore this, you know, save this piece. It's this is what's best to do. And I will say, Mattel, it makes change management. And buy-in so much better when you have that as the approach. Because again, reps are on those front line with customers. If something's not going to work for, for them and for a customer, just that that blowback is tough. And so it's a great environment um, to be able to work in and to support that. And usually operations is seen as a stop sign and slowing things down. Um, but, but we are really <laughs> trying to change that. And you know, things like, no, process can be a slide and not a ladder. And show that that can be a great way to support customers as well. It's a, it's a fun challenge. Mahalari, thank you so much. You know, I think this was very, very insightful. I'm sure our audience is really going to, you know, enjoy the show, going to learn, you know, something out of it. So thank you for being on our show. I really enjoyed having you on our show. Have a great day. You are welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.